Well, I want to welcome you today to the continuation of our Uncommon Sense message series. We kicked off last week talking about wisdom. We talked about how to apply wisdom to all areas of our lives, our finances, our marriage, our relationships. And we said this last week when we started this series. We said if you apply wisdom to any area of your life, you will experience a measure of success as a result of that. You will go further faster in life if you live with wisdom. But we said this, it's possible to build your life with wisdom, but to build your life upon a faulty foundation, that we would climb the proverbial ladder of life and realize at the end of our life that the ladder had been leaning against the wrong wall. And that's the last thing that any of us want to have happen in our lives. So we said that a secure foundation for life and for wisdom is this, it's the fear of the Lord. But we're not talking about the fear that your kids have with the monster under the bed. It's a reverence and an honor for God. It's this realization. There is a God and I am not him and you are not him. He is the creator of the universe. He's created the principles and the rules that hold the whole universe together, that govern our lives. And wisdom operates within alignment of this understanding or this truth. We also said this, we said that the goal of wisdom, the goal of life is not that I would become more wise, but the goal of life is that I would be connected to the one who created wisdom. And the goal of life is not that I would be successful or you would be successful, but that we would have a relationship with the one who defines success. The other key truth that we talked about last week is this. We said that not only should we be connected to the one who created wisdom, uh, but the one who created wisdom and created the universe, the one who stands outside of time, who sees into the future, is able to lead you and I in the current moment of life with his knowledge of what is just around the corner in the future. This is the wisest way to live. This is the foundation of wisdom for our lives. And if we build upon this foundation, it's a secure foundation. Now, today we want to build on that foundation. We want to look at our lives like a house, and we're building the proverbial walls of our house. But we're going to do an experiment to get us started. And this is a little bit of a morbid experiment, but I want you to flash forward. And this is the moment that it's all over for you. It's your funeral. It's your memorial service. You don't know how long it is from now. It could be five years from now. It could be 30 years from now. But it's the moment of your memorial service, and the people that you love are there, or at least they're hopefully there at your memorial service. And it's that time at the funeral where the people stand up and they say things about you. It's their opportunity to make comments about your life. And You know, one guy comes up and he's like, hey, this is my uncle. He used to get drunk at Christmas. That's what I remember about this guy. Or or maybe somebody else in your family steps up or a friend steps up. Here's the question. When they step up to talk about your life, what are they saying about you? When they step up to talk about your life, what is it that they're saying about you? Are they saying things like, this was my dad? And my dad was at all of my basketball games. I can't remember one sporting event throughout my life that my dad was not a part of. Or, or maybe they're saying things like this. This is my dad. He was never around. He came home from work after I was asleep. I had no relationship with him. He left my mom. He was a deadbeat dad. He was never around in my life. Or, or maybe it's a, a sister or a brother who's saying, this is my sister who showed love and mercy and compassion. Or this is my sister who was bitter, who was hard, who never forgave. What is it 
that they're saying about you? What is it that your coworkers are saying about you? Now, here's the follow-up question. Is that what you want them to say about you? Is the trajectory of your life today leading you towards the destination that you desire tomorrow? Because here's the reality for all of us. There are very, very, very few people on planet Earth who live with the end in mind, that live with that destination that it's all going to be over at some point. And I know it's so, 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 so morbid to think about it today. But last time I checked, the death rate is hovering right around 100%. And there's no way for you and I to trip the meter. So one of the most important questions that we could ask is, is our life leading towards that destination that we desire tomorrow? And our lives can be different. I have confidence that because of the help that God can give you and the wisdom that he can give to your life, that your life and my lives, that our lives can be different than the rest of the world who will not ask that question. So today I want to share with you two very, very, very simple truths that if you will apply them to your life, if you will heed their wisdom and their instruction, it will change your life and it will change the destination. I'm going to give you the two points on the front end of the message, but don't use that as an excuse to fall asleep, okay? I want you to hang with me as we unpack these two truths, and here's what we're doing. We're in the middle of a series journeying through the book of Proverbs, and the book of Proverbs is very different than the rest of Scripture. It's these short, allegorical, proverbial statements that give wisdom to our lives. So typically on a Sunday, we'll take a section of scripture, sometimes seven, eight verses in a row, and we'll teach through them. But Proverbs are different, so it's harder to teach through in that way. So we're pulling different statements from the Proverbs to apply them to our lives. And here are the two truths that we're going to see from the Proverbs today, if you're taking notes. The first one is this. Wise decision-making begins with the end in mind. Wise decision-making in our lives begins with the end in mind in mind. Wise decision-making thinks from the front back. It thinks about the end in mind and lets the steps be ordered in that direction. And the second truth builds upon this. And this stuff, guys, is not rocket science, okay? It's not like something that somebody who needs it, you need a PhD to figure this stuff out. But the second truth is this. It's your direction not your desire that determines your destination. It's your direction, not your desire that will determine the destination of your life. Wise decision-making begins with the end in mind, and it's your direction, not your desire that determines your destination. Now watch what the Proverbs says about this in Proverbs chapter 14, verse 15. This is a verse that I'm teaching my two little boys. It says, a simple man, a simple man believes anything, but a prudent man gives thought to his steps. My son came in a, a couple of weeks ago, or I should say a couple of months ago, was running through the living room, and I could share this story a hundred times because it happens over and over and over again with my two boys who are six and four years old. And they'll knock over a glass of water, or they'll take some baseball, and they'll throw it against the pic picture or against glass, and the glass will break, or the cup will spill, and it's like, wow, I never expected that to happen as a result of throwing a baseball across the living room at 15 miles an hour. And we've been talking about this verse, that a prudent man 
gives thought to his steps. He considers the implications of his decisions before he makes a decision. A prudent man begins with the end in mind, but a fool never considers the implications of his or her decisions. Now, think back over your life because all of us have done some pretty stupid things, haven't we? We've done stupid in relationships. We've done stupid with zeros on the end. We've done stupid in parenting. We've done stupid in dating. Think back over the dumb decisions that you've made in your life. Maybe you've done some similar things to what I've done. Like Stacy and I, my wife, when we first got married, we, we went to this vacation presentation about how we deserve to have the vacations of our life and that for only $3,000 we could buy into this timeshare and we could create all these memories and a legacy that would last a lifetime and future generations. And at the end of it, we signed across the bottom line. We actually made a commitment to give close to $2,000 over the next year, which was like, you know, a good chunk of our income at that time. This was 10 years ago, and we've used the vacation destination or the timeshare two times since that point. It was a stupid decision that we did not begin with the end in mind. This happens to us with the way that we eat. This happens to us when we sign car leases, you know, like 20% lease. You're going to pay for the car 12 times before it's all said and done. That was probably a decision that did not begin with the end in mind. I've, I've shared this before here at South Bay. I have a little app on my phone called loseit.com and it hooks you up to this website and you program in your calories. And at the end of the day, it calculates your calories and it says to you, if you continue to eat like this for the next six weeks, this is what you will weigh. This is the trajectory. You will be 250 pounds if you eat like you did on Christmas Day. This is where you'll end up. This is your destination. See, wisdom considers the implications before a decision is made. It begins with the end in mind. I want you to think back over your life, many of the destinations that you found yourself in that you did not desire were a result of not considering the implications. Whether it was walking into that room with that girl or beginning that relationship with that guy and you knew that if you kind of took a step this way, it was going to be one more step, two more steps, but you did not consider the destination, that adulterous relationship, that bad endeavor financially, mistreating or abusing your body with food, not thinking about the implications of neglecting a relationship with a child or even with God, not considering the destination or the end when you made a decision. Wise decision-making begins with the end in mind. I love this other proverb, which is almost the same statement. It says, the wisdom of the prudent is to give thought to their ways. The wisdom of the prudent is to give thought to their ways. But the folly of fools is deception. It's the belief that it will all work out in the end. But wisdom gives thought to its steps. So here's my question for you. To what extent are you giving thought to your ways? To what extent are you giving thought to your ways, to your habits? Like what's the destination that your habits are leading you towards? What's the end in mind? Your relationships, your commitments, especially financial commitments, your choices, what are they leading to you to? What is the end that you need to consider 
Are you giving thought to your ways or to what extent are you giving thought to your ways? Now, here's the reality. When you fast forward and you ask that question that I asked you just a few moments ago, when it's all said and done, what will people be saying about you when your life is over? It's a lot easier to fast forward and think, okay, if I change my choices now, I can shape my destination there. But the reality is this same truth is in play in our lives today, that, that we are where we are in this moment because we did not consider a destination previously. That's why the second truth for us is so, so important, and these two principles combine together. And the second truth is this. It's your direction, not your desire, that determines your destination. It's your direction, not your desire, that determines your destination. Now, all of us in my generation have, have this lazy habit that we've been cultivating as a result of smartphones. You guys have an app on your phone that helps you navigate to a destination. How many of you guys use that app to get to places that you already know how to get? Raise your hand. Let's be honest. It's like I'm going to the grocery store. Let's program that one in. I know it's just two turns, but I need my app for that. We get dependent upon it. I think I do it because I want to know the fastest route, right? And you look at the path and it gives you like three different paths to get to your destination. You know what I'm talking about? And you know which path is the best path, don't you? At least I do. And I choose that path. It might be route number three on the Google, Google app, but I know what's best and I choose that path. And then I go that path and then there's horrible traffic. And the other day I, we were driving somewhere, my wife, Stacy and I, and there were three paths, you know, route one, route two, route three. And I said, which route do you think I should choose? Should I choose the first one? And she goes, there's a first time for everything. <laughs> so that app though, you got to program in the destination, that first truth, right? And then it leads you along a path towards a destination. Now, a couple of months ago, I was going on a family vacation, and we programmed in a destination to San Diego. We were going south. We were going to go to the San Diego Zoo. We were going to go to SeaWorld with our kids. We went over the hills to the east, and we got onto I-5, and we started heading south because San Diego is south of here, Right? Now, if we got on I-5 and we started going north, would we end up in San Diego? No. And here's the deal. It doesn't matter how much my kids wanted to see Shamu. If I'm going north on I-5, I'm not going to end up in San Diego. I'm going to Sacramento. I'm on my way to Redding. I'm up in Portland. Then I'm in Seattle. Then I'm all the way to Canada, eh? If I continue on that path because it's your direction, not your desire that determines your destination. And the reason you are where you are today is because of the path that you've been on in your life previously. It's because of the way you've handled relationships. It's because the way that you pursued God or did not pursue God. It's because of how you handled sexual purity or dating in your life. The reason you are where you are today is because of this truth, because of this principle. And this truth or principle is not bad or good it's just a thing that God has created in the way that the universe operates that is either working for you or against you. It's your direction, not your desire, that determines your destination. And I love how the apps work. Like you get going on a path, and the destination has been programmed, and you decide to go your own way. And now, uh, Apple has put Siri's voice in there, 
And Siri, what does she do when you start going the wrong way? She starts to scream at you, right? Like rerouting, turn left, turn around, U-turn, go back this way, rerouting, rerouting. And it's like, hey, you're on a path that is not leading you towards the destination that you desire. And I think that God works like this in our lives, that he is constantly giving us opportunities to reroute, to change the, the direction so that we can reach the destination that he desires for our lives. He warns us of the danger that is ahead. And this proverb, the second proverb, or third one that I want us to see, is this. It says that the prudent see danger and take refuge, but the fool keeps going and suffers for it. The prudent see danger and take refuge, but the fool keeps going and suffers as a result of it. And here's the truth for you and I, for all areas of our lives as it relates to wisdom. There is a path in every area of your life and my life that either leads towards life, peace, and hope, or away from life, peace, and hope towards death and destruction. There is a path in your marriage, if you are married, that will lead you towards harmony and peace in your marriage. There is a path that will lead you towards health in your relationship with your children. There is a path that will lead you towards health physically. There's a path that will grow your relationship in intimacy with God. And there is also a path that will lead you away from the destination. And if your desire, if your desire is for a great relationship with God, to know him more intimately, and it's been years since you've opened the Bible or since you've got down on your knees to pray, what's the likelihood that you're going to end up at that destination? If your desire is for a great marriage and you're single and you find yourself in the bars and you're picking up girls that are drunk that will sleep with anybody that knows their name and you're going to bed with them and you're hoping that you're going to find some great, pure moral woman of God that will hitch her wagon to yours and spend the rest of her life with you, you're on the wrong path. Your path is not leading you to your desired destination. If your hope is that when your kids grow up and they, they leave the house and they're 18, 20, 22 years, hopefully not 29 or 30 or 32 years, but, but you get to that point when it's time for them to move on and move out, are they going to want a relationship with you? Are they going to respect you, the man or woman that you've become? And if you're neglecting them, if you're staying at the office so late, you're not coming home till after they're asleep, you're not going to any of their ball games, you're not asking them questions about their lives, then the path that you're on is not leading towards the destination that you desire. If you want to get to a point at the end of your life when you're you're in your 80s and 90s or, or maybe even in your 70s and you have energy and you can still get up out of a chair and you can walk through a grocery store if you're sitting on the couch today with a tub of Ben and Jerry's five nights a week watching Modern Family your path is not heading towards your desired destination friends it's not rocket science but the reason we call it uncommon sense is because so few people ever heed the wisdom that God gives to our lives that can redirect and point us back towards the direction of life. 
rerouting. He's saying reroute. Change your path so that you can, at the end of your life, be at the destination that you desire. He is giving some of you a second chance of grace today that when it's all said and done, when life is over, when you're placed back into the ground, that the life and legacy you will have lived will be the life and legacy that you desire to live. And I know that, 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 you know, this is truth that maybe Dr. Phil could say or somebody else on TV and they don't even have to be a Christian. This is not psychobabble. This is not morality. This is not just values. If you are a follower of Jesus, he's given you one life and you will pass all of us from this life to this next. And he has given you a mission to make his name great and to spread his love here on planet earth. We call it the great commission. And every single day, you are making choices that are leading you towards that destination of either living for him and for his glory or living for yourself, for your selfishness and your greed, a life of folly that's leading you away from God's best for your life. He is giving you a chance today to live the life that he has created you to live. And it's almost as if he's standing before you and looking in your eyes to say, friend, it's going to be over. Son, daughter, the casket's going to be closed. Are the choices you are making today leading you towards the destination that you desire tomorrow? Are the choices you are making today leading you towards the destination you desire tomorrow because it's not your desire that determines your destination. It's your direction. It's the path you are on that will determine. If you're on I-5 and you're going south it doesn't, or north, it doesn't matter how much you love Mickey Mouse and want to hug him on his neck. You will not end up in Anaheim. You will end up in Canada or some other place way, 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 way north of here. It's your direction not your desire that determines your destination. The prudent see danger and take refuge, but the fool keeps going and suffers for it. I love this last psalm, or this last verse that I want to read to you before we conclude our time together. Listen to what Moses says. This is way back in the Old Testament. Moses was the guy that led the nation of Israel for 40 years in the wilderness. He was one who went up on a mountain and spoke with God as a man speaks face to face with another man. And he says this statement in a prayer before God. He says, teach us to number our days in order that we might gain a heart of wisdom. He says, God, teach us to live with the end in mind to realize that our steps are leading towards a destination and every single day you are taking steps towards your desired destination or away from your desired destination. God, teach us every single day to number our days. Maybe it's 10 more years. Maybe it's 20. Maybe it's 30. But help me number it so that I can live today with wisdom that will lead me towards the destination of life of hope and peace that you desire for me, for my family, for those around me. Teach me to number my days. See, wisdom helps us live with the end in mind, and wisdom helps us realize that it is our direction, not our desire, that determines our destination. So let me ask this question to you again one more time. 
what steps are you taking today? Are they leading you towards your desired destination for life or away from your desired destination for life? I had a conversation this week that was a very, very sobering conversation. Good friend of mine helped me get started in ministry, was the very first person to ever bring me on staff in a church. And God bless his soul. I was like the hardest person to be a supervisor for. And this guy was gracious. He gave me room to start a middle school ministry at a church that we were attending while my wife Stacy and I were in college in Charleston, South Carolina. This guy about a year ago or a year and a half ago, he and his wife came out to the Bay Area for a vacation, for family vacation, just the two of them. And one, one day or one week after they got home, they realized that their young son, who was like seven or eight years old, had come down with leukemia. And over the next year, that child battled leukemia. And at the end of that journey in his battle with leukemia, he was healed. And the family was celebrating. But on top of this, after he was healed from his leukemia, then this man's father one night was cleaning out his gun and shot himself accidentally and died instantly. And so here's this family. They've just walked through leukemia. They just walked through the, the loss of this man's father. And over the coming months, in, in light of the tragedy that he had faced, he developed an adulterous relationship with somebody on staff in his church. And for three months until he got caught was in this adulterous relationship. And now he's at this pivot point. This is no secret. This this story is out. The church knows about it. So I'm not bringing anybody's dirty laundry out. And I am not judging him because I know I could be in the exact same situation that he's in. And some of you, maybe even today, are in that situation. But I share that story because of the urgency. I spoke with my friend this week, and he's at that pivot point. He is trying to decide, will he choose life or will he choose death? Will he choose God's path for his life or will he go this other path that he's been carving out for the last three months? And I was on the phone with him this week, and I don't know if this was the right thing to say or the wrong thing to say. Sometimes in these moments, I just stick my foot in my mouth and say dumb, dumb, stupid things. And I just said this to him. I said, bro, you got one life. You got one life to live. And it's all going to be over one day. And you'll stand before God. And the first question he'll ask you is a question of salvation. And you and I both believe you're secure. I believe the question of salvation is not a matter of how good you were. And you can live your life away from God's path, but you repent and you turn to God today and you die tomorrow, you will experience eternity with him because of his grace, because God would send his son to live among us and live a perfect sinless life and be nailed to a cross. And after being nailed to a cross for your imperfections and my imperfections, my jealousy, your bitterness, our anger, after being nailed to a cross, he would triumph over the grave. And the Bible now says it's by grace through faith that we have salvation, that any man, any woman, any boy or girl, if he will believe in his heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, if he will confess his lordship in his life, he will be saved. I said, you, you're secure. We know you're secure. And maybe today you, you don't know you're secure. In just a moment, I'll give you an opportunity to really think through that. But I said this, this is not a question of salvation. This is a question of your legacy. This is a question when it is all said and done and your four kids are standing around your casket at the end of your life. Friend, when your sister or your brother or your mom or your dad or your child is standing 
around your casket at the end of your life, what will they be saying about you? And when you stand before God, your creator, the one who holds the universe in orbit, when you stand before him at the end of his, this life, the question of legacy and stewardship is, what did you do with that one life I gave to you? What did you do with the time and the talents and, and the treasures and the resources that I gave to your life? What did you do with that one life that I gave to you? And God is saying to some of you today, second chance, rerouting, time to get on a new path, a new path in your marriage, a new path in your finances, a new path with your work, a new path with your children. Guys, our lives are going to finish. It's going to be over for us at one point. And eternity matters most. And the life that you live today will resound in eternity. You will either live a legacy of hope and love and life and joy and peace and faithfulness and dependency and transparency and honesty. Or you will live a life, a legacy of destruction. And you are making the choice today. Is your life heading towards that destination that God desires for you? Or is your life heading away from the destination. Here's what I want you to do this week. I want you to take this message and not just listen to it on a Sunday morning. I want you to take this question. What is it that I want to be said about me when it's all done and I stand before God? The legacy I want to live. And I want you to write down words that describe, is it faithfulness? Is it dependency? Is it love? Is it compassion? Is it mercy? Is it discipline to do the things that God desires for you, to give up things you love for things that you love more? What is it that you want to be described about your life when it is all said and done and to take the time to really consider that and then to ask yourself this question, are the steps I'm taking today leading me towards that destination and to choose one area of your life that is moving you away from that destination and to change this week, this month, this year, to let that be your one thing, your one area before God that you bring back into alignment. Maybe it's this year that you're going to get into a life group and you're going to connect into that life group on marriage so that you can get the resources or life group on parenting to, to get the training that you need to love and invest in your kids. Maybe for some of you, it's that you're going to start living generously and trusting God. Maybe others of you, like me, this year, I said, I'm going to start going to Weight Watchers this year. And that's going to be one of my choices. Then I'm going to get myself back on track with God's help physically. What is the one area? Maybe it's that you're going to start reading the Bible on a daily basis and praying before God. Maybe it's somebody in your life that you need to forgive. Maybe it's starting to have a date night with your spouse. What is that one area of your life, that one thing that with God's help and the help of the church, that you need to put a stake in the ground to say, this is my day to move towards the path of life. Some of you, it's God's been putting this desire to share his love with people who don't know him. And maybe your decision is to start coming to our compelled training on Sunday nights at five o'clock to get equipped in how to share your faith with people who are far from God. What is that one thing, that one area that God is asking you to change with his help? Here's what we're gonna do. We're going to give you a moment just to pause and to let these questions and these truths sink in. And we're going to play a song for you. And I want you to listen to the words. It's called, this is your life. This is where you are. Is this who you want to be? And is this who you want to become? Let's pray together. God, thank you today that you are gracious. Thank you today that you are in this place and that you are giving us a chance to reroute 
to move towards your desired destination for our lives. And I pray that through your grace in these coming moments, as we sing these words and we listen to their meaning, God, that you would help our hearts in a fresh way be stirred to realize that we can lead our lives with your help towards a different destination, towards the path that you desire for us. Thank you, God, for a second chance. Thank you for your grace to reroute. Thank you for the power and the strength that you can give us, even in this moment, to let our lives be led towards the destination of life, hope, and peace that you desire for every single one of us. We pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.